0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We know that the greatest sacrifice that provided this nation from, uh, for us was uh, was our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's wonderful to be a part of of all of this stuff. We we talk about it regularly here, just like almost every holiday that I preach. I say we celebrate Christmas every day of the year. Easter is every every service we're at. We celebrate Easter. But you know what? Fourth of July is another one of those holiday seasons that guess what? We We, we, we celebrate it every single time we're in this service or we're gathered together. Because once again... This great nation of ours, just like the gift we got on Easter and the gift we get at Christmas time, the birth of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, all of those things are things that we celebrate all the time. All of this exists. Everything that we're uh, taking part in, the jobs that we have, the freedom we have to travel and to gather and to have this house, all comes from our Savior, from, from Jesus Christ. And it's all due to him. So it's wonderful to be patriotic, and it's great. I, I I see people waving the flags, Brother Fraser. Thank you so much, Brother Fraser, for putting out the flags again. We also honor those that sacrifice, like, just like we do at the time of Memorial Day, uh, the men and women of lawn, uh, excuse me, of, of uh, armed forces that sacrifice the patriots that shed blood so that this nation could be free from the tyranny of, of England and so forth. And so all of that is very important, and we honor those that sacrificed. But again, I bring it all back to the same idea that the real sacrifice that we honor, the reason for Independence Day is certainly more than just those that died on the battlefield, but the one that died on the cross. But I would say this, and and I don't have a very long message for you tonight, and I do want you to be able to to get on to to your family and your festivities and all the fun that you may be having tomorrow, and maybe you took a long weekend, you have off Friday as well. But I do want to share a thought with you about this and I think it's something that's important and I hopefully it encourages you. But I think it's important to recognize that while we're, we're very patriotic, I think Christians are amongst the greatest patriots in this nation as a matter of fact. I really do, I believe that. We're ardent patriots and we support our government and we vote and we're, we take our civil responsibilities very seriously and we should continue to do that. But I think God is also saying to us and to some degree that because of the world that we live in right now, what's happening to our home. See, we see the United States of America as our home. We're ardent patriots because we're defending the freedoms and, and the privileges that we have. And we know that really, honestly, it's under constant threat. Can we be honest? It, it is. It's under constant threat. We're now at a place where our federal government has, is now becoming occupied by people who are outspoken socialists, communists, really. And I'm not abashed about saying that, and this isn't going to be a political message, trust me. But the federal government of the United States now has congresspeople and senators in it who are professed socialists and communists, and they're outward about it. This isn't like the McCarthy era in the 1950s. (laughs) They're just out there. Now they're shrouding it under a a pretty little name. They're calling it the Democratic Socialist Group, right? Well, however you slice it and however you cut it up and however you put it together, it is a direct threat to freedom and independence. Period, end of story, and everybody knows that. Everybody who's in the know and understands freedom and independence. People outside of this country are staring at us. Can you imagine? We've got, what, Eastern Europe, Parts of South America, parts of the Asian continent are looking across the pond at us going, what? We died. Generations of our families died escaping that. We're trying to get over to you. And you dummies over there who have all of this privilege and bounty and wealth and freedom And you dopes are electing people into your federal government that want to bring what we had, what we're trying to get out of? Could you imagine East Germans, what they must be thinking about us right now? You see what I'm saying? So we see that threat and we recognize it. And and of course the patriotism in us, that ownership of the United States of America that we know, that we grew up with in, in grade school. How many in this room grew up in grade school saying the Pledge of Allegiance every morning? Right? Stood there. You had to put your hand in your heart. Teacher, would smack your hand if you didn't. Right? And we'd say the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't do that in a lot of places, in most places anymore. We live in a nation now where you're being told that if you are a patriot or if you extol the virtues of the United States of America, you're a white nationalist. That's a bad thing. Shame on you. You know, America is the empire creator. And, and there's, there's whole groups of people now that their mindset is being twisted and converted into this idea that, bad, bad, shame on you, shame on America, you imperialists that have gone around and done all these things to change cultures around the world, when really, in fact, this awesome country that we live in is responsible for some of the greatest levels of charitable giving ever known to mankind. This country has been the source of salvation in a lot of ways, not just religious, to utterly billions of people in the history of our country. And yet they call us imperialists and they come up with these crazy ideas, literally hate America. And so I see our people, my fellow Christians, my my fellow Americans and my fellow Christians, we get riled up. We get that kind of stuff going in our blood and going, hey, wait a minute, this is the USA. We're Americans, we're patriotic. And I sometimes see us slipping into this This culture of battle Sometimes I fear And I just want to give you just a little point of caution That we have to be just a little careful at Just how deeply invested We get into that process If it's outweighing and it's overshadowing our role As missionaries to this world Okay So now Again, I extol the virtues of patriotism. I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm wearing the flag right here on my lapel. I wear this jacket very often, and I leave this pin in it, and I'm very happy to do it. But we've got to be careful to keep into perspective the greater emphasis, that ultimately, even our efforts as patriots and all of that, that great righteousness that we can bring on ourselves for being so ardent in our patriotism can be dangerous. We can get a little prideful with that, We can get extreme with it, right? And as we we see one side going extreme in the other direction, there's that tendency for us to start to go extreme in the other. And what I'm here to tell you today is that if we take that patriotism and the love for this nation to such a place that it occupies everything about who we are to the point where we're just in battle with another side, we're missing a greater point. We're missing a greater call that God has given us, okay? Okay? Please keep in mind that I'm not saying not to be patriotic. I'm not tearing that down at all. What I want you to do is I want you to put it into perspective. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus reminds us that you cannot serve both God and mammon. Okay, That word mammon, does not, it doesn't say you can't serve both God and Satan. You can't serve both God and your flesh. You can't serve both God and possessions. It says God and mammon. Now, a lot of people believe that that word mammon strictly means money. You can't serve God and you can't serve your money. In a way, you could interpret it that way, but really, realistically, if you really look at it, the word mammon there means you cannot serve both God and everything else. Anything else that would take your priorities, that would take your loyalty, that would take your... your Devotion to such a place that it subjects God to a lower place. That's what mammon represents. It actually translates directly more closely to greed. And so believe it or not, you can become such an advocate, such an ardent patriot, such a politician, such an active conservative this or political that or whatever the case is that you become so consumed with that that it actually becomes like a greed, You're greedy for the the things that this country provides. Sometimes I wonder if the United States was suddenly crushed or crumbled under the weight of of Chinese uh, uh, development and economy, or we suddenly lost all of this wealth, we went into a greater recession than we would be had before, what kind of a revival would we see? How desperate would we be to get a hold of a Bible? If suddenly Bibles were illegal because our new Chinese government says if you worship God, you're going to go to jail or be executed. Sometimes I wonder if God isn't going to bring us to the brink at one point just to say, here's a little reminder this patriotism, this country that you have, this awesome nation you have, it's because of me, not because of your voice and your willingness to wave your flag and wear lapel pins and all that stuff. You see what I mean? So I'm just saying I think we have to be careful because as we move forward and you hear me talk about culture all the time, it's something that God brings me back to very frequently. But if, if you hear what I'm saying enough is I'm saying that the, way the, the direction that the culture is going is not defining for us to be the equal and direct opposite of all the bad that's happening. That's not our job. We're not to go extreme in the other direction to counter this. What we're do is to do is to stay right here in the middle Focusing on the mission that God has for us. And what I mean by that is this. If we become so ardently patriotic and so much in one direction, okay, party versus party or however you want to see it, how are we ever going to reach the people who are going in that direction? My fear is this. My fear is, is that we're going to look at those folks, and I see it all the time on social media. I hear people that I know that are in the church talk about these things, and there's almost a seething hatred or a despise that's starting to well up in people we're starting to become so ardent about this fight that's going on for the for the very soul of our nation that people are starting to get angry and self-righteous and you can you can robe yourself in an in a patriotic self-righteousness and say well I'm standing up for America I'm standing up for our principles and the principles of freedom but at the same time you can become becoming hateful and angry and bitter about what's happening on the opposite end you see what I'm saying? I hope this is making sense. It's not to be a downer about the 4th of July. It's to say, God's got a little something better for us. I promise I'll bring it back around. But I just want to plant that seed with you because if we, if we get to the place where we start to become angry and self-righteous and we're putting our, our apron of fig leaves around us and they're all, there's flags on all of them, that's not a good thing because there's people over here that still need God. When we look at those folks and we see those pictures in the paper and in the news and we hear the stories on the radio, do you look at that and go, oh, those people are disgusting. They're awful. They're terrible. Or do you say, my God, these people need Jesus? Make sense? All right, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 1 and 27. Paul's writing to the Philippians, and he says this in verse 27. I'm reading out of the ESV. The KJV will be up on top, so that's why you'll see a little different. The ESV version says this it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Your manner of life is not to be necessarily identified as an American or as a patriot or as a conservative or as a Republican or any of that stuff. It says, Only, only. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. It's not our job to stand shoulder to shoulder and march down the streets with our flags waving talking about Americanism or conservatism or or politics or government. It says right there that we're to stand side by side in one mind, in one spirit. Soldiers of the gospel. See, at some point, all of this stuff, and maybe we won't be here. Maybe none of us will be alive. Maybe our grandchildren will. Maybe our great-grandchildren will. But at some point, all of that stuff out there is gonna be a disaster. The socialists will get their way or the communists will get their way. or so. We know what's going south. But it's the church It's the church that's going to be the strong tower that people are going to be able to run into. It's the church that's going to be the the shelter in the storm when all of that stuff is going crazy. It's the church that's going to be the ark that people are going to seek. What I'm saying is God is saying to us, Mr. and Mrs. Noah is it's not our job out there to be fighting against what the people are doing and the the crudeness and the horribleness and all the terrible things that we see. Our job is to be loving those people on an individual basis and showing them, see over there, that's my church. See the door of the ark is open? You can go in there. That's your strong tower. There's somebody there named Jesus Christ and you gotta meet him. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what this scripture is saying. Sometimes patriotism can, can go extreme, as I said. It can draw us into the fray, into these battles and, and the strife and this conflict, and, and, and we feel righteous. We feel purposed in doing this stuff because this is our home, and I understand that. And it is America, and we do have to defend her. Don't get me wrong. This is also not an attack or a criticism against those of us that have made the choice to join the armed forces and defend our nation literally in terms of military basis. I love that. And if God has called you or someone in your family or members of our church to do that, absolutely, 100%. But what I'm saying is, is for you and I, the citizens of this nation, we're not really citizens of here permanently. It's sort of a subtitle. The citizen of the United States. Now, I, I, obviously, I, I value my citizenship very much. There's a lot of people down in the, the south end of Texas that would love to say they're a citizen of this country. And some of them just flat out don't care. They're just going to come in here no matter what. And we have a whole slew of people in the government that just seem to want to let all of them in, all at the same time, and give them health care, and you and I should pay for it. But again, I don't want to get political we're not just citizens of this awesome, great, blessed country. We're not just citizens of, of America. We're not just citizens of a nation that's at war with Islam and terrorism and, and evil and pride and, and sin. We're not just people that are, are at, in this environment, and that's all that identifies us. As a matter of fact, it should be the smaller side of what truly identifies us. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 Says this, it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, and they will, regardless of whether you're doing good or bad, the Gentiles, the attackers, they're going to come. They're going to speak against you that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Remember what I preached on last Sunday? That day, that great day, the day of glory, the day of doom, day of visitation is another one of them. It's that day. So what this is essentially saying is is that the passions of our flesh don't just have to do with Romance and things like that or, or indulging in too much food. You can, I see people passionate all the time, getting over-passionate about politics and, 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 and all this stuff and culture and civics and, and parade, parades and all these different... People are getting too passionate, we're getting too wrapped up sometimes in this identity that we have that we've got to speak out against, etc., You want to know why there's no prayer in schools now? You want to know why abortion's rampant and they're escalating the way that they can do it? Do you want to understand why the Bible's been thrown out of society? Because I believe that for a long time, good people who had the way didn't pray, didn't do enough. Yeah, we voted. We showed up and voted. We did our civic duties. But I think sometimes when it really counted, did we as a united force, as a united church, really go to God in prayer for this thing. Maybe we did, and God still said, doesn't matter, I have a plan for this world and this is just the way it's gonna go. I don't know. But I know that the only thing that has to happen for evil to, to, to flourish is for good men to do nothing. So he says, which wage war against your soul, keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable. So does that mean we run out into these situations, we show up at these protests and scream at people and hold up signs that say God hates the thing you believe in? Or, is that being honorable? Because when they do come against us and say speak against us as evildoers, are we going to be guilty of that? Don't mess around with that church down there. Those people are wacko. They do these protest things, and they show up, and they hate people. We're already being called haters. We're already being attacked with this stuff. They're making it up. You ever see this graphic that pops up on social media once in a while, and it shows a picture of two two pastors with Bibles in their hand beating down a guy on the ground, and he's got the rainbow flag wrapped around him, and there's blood all in the ground? Well, there's somebody that took that picture and reversed it and showed what it really is. It's two guys with a couple of rainbow flags and a guy on the ground with a with a Bible in his hand, bloody, getting beaten. Because that's really what's happening. But the way they're selling it out there is that you and I are out there with their Bibles beating them to death. It doesn't exist. There's no examples of this happening. But it's being sold. They're being told that that's what we do. But I know that there's one that I want to stand before someday that I can say, God, I stayed honorable. I did my best to love them even then when they were hating me even when they were beating me down, when they were false accusing me, because he promised it would happen. It's going to come. It's going to happen. He even says, rejoice. Rejoice when you're persecuted for my name's sake. I promise you it's coming. But don't get angry. Don't get self-righteous. Don't get pulled and defended. Be honorable. That's heavy-duty stuff for a Fourth of July message, isn't it? We know from, from Paul also, we're not really permanent residents. We're Americans now, but it's not our greatest identity. We're just travelers passing through. We love this land. We love what we have right now. We're proud of it. But essentially, we're, we're exiles. We're more at war with our own flesh than we are than anything else. And that's what we need to realize. We can pretend, we can, we can shroud this as we're at war with liberalism, and we're at war with this politic thing, and we're at war with this alternate lifestyle. We're at war. No, we're not. We're at war with our own flesh. And it's easier to get up on a bandwagon and put a label on ourselves and say, "Well, I'm a patriot, and I'm fighting for our nation." When really, what we should be doing is being on our knees fighting for the people that desperately need Jesus. Ultimately, our calling and our fight is much greater. Philippians chapter three, starting at verse 20 says, this: says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You understand what that's saying is that Jesus Christ is literally going to subject everything to Him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that He's Lord. This nation is not our Lord. This government is not our Lord. Donald Trump is not our Lord. Conservatism is not our Lord. Liberalism is not our Lord. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Yes, we're patriots. Yes. God gave us this nation. I'm not so sure we've done the greatest job with it, but he did give it to us. And much blood was shed to preserve it. And we should honor that sacrifice and we should recognize that at all times. The sacrifice that was made, people's lives laid waste so that you and I can go to Walmart and have a nice job and buy a new car every few years and et cetera, et cetera, live in a nice home. We have to honor that. But I will say this, as much as we honor bloodshed, the blood of Jesus Christ just runs so much deeper. So much more than any blood ever sacrificed for a government or for a war or for patriotism or for freedom or whatever that case is what we should be saying is that I'm a patriot of heaven I'm a patriot of New Jerusalem and I'm going to defend that and I'm going to honor the blood that was sacrificed on Calvary above all else so it's very quiet in here so I'm going to try to bring this back around I don't want you to get the wrong idea there is room to be a proud American don't get me wrong there is room to be a proud American and a proud Christian at the same time. I'm just talking about priority. I'm talking about the emphasis we put, okay? just I want to make sure you guys are all right. God and country can go together. They do go together. They absolutely do. As a matter of fact, Matthew chapter 22, I found this verse. We've read it in many different ways. Oftentimes it's talking about tithing, etc., but it says... In Matthew 22 and 21, it says, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. This is Jesus talking to them. Jesus recognized that there is a government. We have, we have an authority over us. We should pray for our leaders. We should pray for our president. We should support our nation. You should pay your taxes. Your taxes help take care of services and help take, make sure we have a military and a police force and a fire department, etc we pay great, ridiculous, excessive amounts of taxes so other countries benefit? I'm not so sure. So we can honor the sacrifices of the patriots that came before us as long as we remember to, to, to honor the sacrifice of Jesus above all. And that was my point earlier. Romans 13, 7 says, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Paul even says to place honor where it belongs even to the highest human office when he says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 17, it says honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. It's literally what he was saying. So whether the last president or the current president or the next one coming is in power, that person's in power. He's over our nation. Do you know why the president is in the seat that he's in right now? Because God Almighty allowed him to be. Sister Lisa, you got it right. You know why the past president was a pre- the last president for two terms? Probably should have been one. There's an echo in here. somebody. Is because God allowed him to be. And the president before that, and the president before that. So we've got to honor that. If God gave us the nation, don't you think he'd give us the leader too? and the leader we needed? In 2008, when the whole economy went, went down and everything was trashed and people's 401ks dove by 40 or 50%, we were brought to the brink of what they referred to as the Great Recession. It wasn't quite at a depression level, but it was much worse of a, of a recession than we've ever seen economically speaking. They called it the Great Recession because of that level. And I said at the time that I can't help but wondering if God has brought us to the edge to the very brink of disaster, so we can look over the edge and see exactly what it looks like, maybe that's why He allowed whichever president or whatever econo- economy thing to happen happen. because I think once in a while, we need to be reminded. See, we can get lulled into, into a place of sleep and prosperity. We've got so much, we're too rich, we're too fat. We're, we're, we've, we've got too much wealth and I think once in a while God has to say hey I love the fact that you love the country and you enjoy your prosperity and all that but like that it can be all gone and that's why that's why we've got to be patriots of heaven first because all of this next week they could be slapping locks on these doors anything could happen I heard a preacher say one time, you could have all the money in the world, you could have all this prosperity of the country and it has, you could have great cars, wonderful church, great people, great family, etc. But a, a blood clot the size of an English pea could turn me into a babbling idiot incapable of doing anything or enjoying any of it in a heartbeat. We have to remember that. It can all be gone very, very quickly. I think sometimes as Christians, we get a little bit too concerned in the other direction as well. I'm going to swing it back a little bit. We get a little bit too concerned. I, I, I know that there are a lot of Christians that like to say, I'm proud to be an American. There's a, there's a song, there's a country singer that sings, proud to be an American. And sometimes people even get a little bit too extreme the other way and say, well, hold on a second. You can't say that. You can't be proud to be an American. You can't. That's not the thing to say. Because we're afraid to undermine our role as Christians. Remember, I said earlier, there can be God and country together. We can have both. And we get a little bit too Christian-y about things and then some people go in the other direction and then that's off-putting as well. Because we should support our nation. We should be careful about not looking at anybody that's not us or that's within this church or this heaven patriotism that we have and looking at them with disdain. It's very easy, again, to to see what we see in the media. We see what we see in social media. People look different from us. There's some real extremism that's going on out there, crazy stuff that people do with their hair and their face and piercings and all these crazy things. You ever see these Antifa people, anti-fascist groups out there that are are beating up people at these protests and things like that? Some of the most horrific-looking people in the world. They're disgusting. It's terrible. But if we get so wrapped up in this, we're so holy, we're so heavenly bound that we're no earthly good that we don't see the passion that needs to be there. We don't see beyond what these people are wrapped up in and we don't have compassion for their souls and we we aren't more concerned about them being lost than we are what politics they're involved in. I see people getting angry over that and, and lashing out. I'm talking about Christian people that I know on social media lashing out and attacking and saying terrible things whoa, wait a minute, we're going in the wrong direction. We've got to be really careful about that. Now, as a mob, as a group, or a pack like that, yes, they're terrible, they're, disgust, they're disgusting. In the Greek, the word that the Bible uses is cosmos, means system. As the cosmos, as the group or the mob, they're, they're horrible, they're awful people. That I just saw on the news the other day, they, some, some old fellow was was actually trying to help somebody who had gotten knocked down in one of these protests and these Antifa people, he must be 67 years old, came up with a crowbar and started hitting him in the head with it, bleeding all over his face and he's all scarred up and terrible and, and something welled up and I started, oh, those people, just somebody ought to just, now, wait a minute, they need God too. And I thought, even I'm susceptible, not that I'm any better than anybody else, but I thought, wow, I'm susceptible to this just like anybody. I started to feel anger towards them and, oh, I'd love to see those. Well, I wish that guy would have had a gun or something. Whoa, hold on a second. That's a soul that needs Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? And that's what it comes down to. See, as the mob or the pack, they're a mess. The mob mentality is a terrible thing. If you've ever read anything about the psychology of the mob mentality, It's horrible. But God's concerned about that individual. He's concerned about that one person, the person that you're going to be able to confront or that you're going to run into at the grocery store or that you're going to encounter face-to-face at your job. That one individual soul is precious to God and should be precious to us as well. If we're really ardent patriots, if we're truly Americans, those folks that died and sacrificed their lives in the Revolutionary War and World War I and World War II and the Civil War, they weren't just dying for one certain group of people that believed exactly like they believed. Jesus Christ didn't, des- didn't die on the cross for conservative Christians. He didn't die on the cross for ardent patriots, Democrats or Republicans. He died on the cross for every potential soul. They're all precious to him. And so we have to maintain our compassion and when we get so embroiled in all that strife and that conflict in society and we start picking sides and labeling and grouping, we start hating. And then we become dispassionate. And then we've completely lost our whole mission. And we're probably in more trouble than the people who don't know Jesus at all and they are doing all those terrible things. You can stand. I'm going to wrap up with this. We cannot forget what we have, how we got it, how it came to us. I'm talking about this nation and our prosperity and the opportunities that we have, but I'm also talking about our salvation, the grace that God gave us. We see a lot of terrible things out in society, and we mourn for our nation because we feel it slipping away. But I'll tell you this, the word that I read says this. It says, where sin does abound, grace does that much more abound. And that grace that God's extending is gonna funnel through you and me. So when we're presented with that crazy person or that left person or that person that believes the opposite of what we do or hates the country or whatever the case is, it's our job to show them the grace that God would if he was standing before them. In Titus chapter 3 Starting at verse 3, it says this. It says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. See, just a little while ago, none of us in here were any better than any of the people out there tearing up our nation. But it was his mercy and his grace, not works that we did, but just because he gave us that mercy. We need to extend that mercy to this nation and the people that are around us. It's good to love our country. It's good to be patriots, to preserve our home, to vote, to be civically minded, to stand up for the United States of America, to pray for our president and our leaders. But we cannot do it at the expense of our true mission. We can't lose sight of where our real home is. The great author C.S. Lewis once wrote this I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country which I shall not find until after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that country and to help others do the same. And that in itself, that one statement, should identify every single one of us before we ever call ourselves an American or a patriot or a conservative or any other title that you can apply we got to help others do the same. In Jesus' name, Lord, we're so very thankful, God, for this nation that you've provided us. You have blessed us so mightily beyond what we could have ever expected, what any, what any patriot, what any, any revolutionary soldier could have ever known that this country could become. We have wealth beyond avarice. We have wealth beyond the, the, the imaginations of, of probably seven-eighths of this planet, Lord. You've blessed the United States of America so greatly for so many reasons. We are a Christian nation. We are a nation that believes and loves God. But Lord, I pray today that as we celebrate our freedom, celebrate this nation, we celebrate all the things that we have, that just a little bit of us peeks out from behind all of those flags and fireworks and cookouts and all those things that are about to happen and says, my God, thank you for mercy and grace because I'm a patriot of heaven. I'm a patriot of the country that I'm looking for when the time comes Lord we thank you and we praise you for all that you do I pray that you bless all these folks that have come in here tonight help them to enjoy their families help them to enjoy their holiday weekend keep them safe Lord and bring us back together this coming Sunday to hear your word once more God we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name in Jesus name if you want to take a couple of moments tonight the altar is open you're invited talk to the Lord for just a couple of moments Rededicate your citizenship to heaven. Your patriotism to Jesus for his sacrifice. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177